This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're on a series this month, and and the title of the series is Don't Worry, Be Happy. Amen? Don't worry, be happy. And, um, you know, uh, I, I love the title of this series because... You know, the world doesn't, you know, they're, they're motivated, the world that we live in, not the Christian world, but not the church world, but the world that we live in is motivated by fear. It's motivated by greed. That's the world that we live in. Uh, we as Christians need to be motivated by faith and love. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, I'm going to talk about some passages that's going to help us to walk in more peace and walk in more joy in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't have that level of peace that I want right now. I, I, I want to go higher in peace. Anybody out here could stand to walk in more peace? Anybody out here could stand to walk in a little bit more joy? And I'm going to say this, that the world can take it out of us. If we're not careful, we can allow the, the, the fear and the anxiety of this world to take it out of us. Amen. And so, and so Jesus talks to us and, and I ministered a little bit about it last week and we're going into it this week. And he's, he's, you know, Jesus taught his disciples really how to walk in faith. And if we're going to walk in faith, we're not going to walk in fear. Can I get a witness in the house today? And really faith is the key that pleases God. Amen. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that God is. How many people believe that, that God exists? Amen. Amen. That God lives. Amen. And that God is a rewarder of those who diligently, not just those that seek Him, but those who diligently... Do I have any diligent seekers in the house this morning? And so I love this about God because God is a reward God. He's looking to bless us. And I, I, I'm looking for the blessings uh, in my walk. I, Paul said, I run the race and I, I'm, I'm running the race for the prize. And I'm running a race for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. There's a prize at the end. Amen. It's called eternal life. It's called heaven. It's called a mansion in heaven. Glory to God. There's, there, there's, there's a reason why we should be serving God. Amen. And, and, and we should serve God because, because he loves us and he gave his son Jesus to us. And that should be enough. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation of this. So, so Jesus uh, was ministering to his disciples and he would tell them through the process of the three years that he was teaching them. And he was teaching them about faith. He was teaching them and he was telling them that he was going to go to the cross. And that he was going to die on the cross and, and that he was going to be leaving them. Amen. And, uh, but he wasn't going to leave them alone because he said it's expedient that he goes. So why? So that he could send the Holy Spirit to indwell the church. Amen. And the Holy Spirit, when you get Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of you. In other words, you're never alone. Say, I'm not alone. alone. Glory to God. And the enemy will try to get some of us 
You know, because I, I, I'm preaching here about not worrying. And sometimes some of, us are, some of us are single adults in here. Some of us have some loved ones that went on to be in heaven. But I want to say this. Even though they went on to be in heaven, maybe you're a single person. You're never alone because you have the Holy Spirit with you. That's for all those singles out there. Amen. Glory to God. And so I want to say this, that, that Jesus ministered. Uh, to uh, his disciples, and he was teaching them faith and how to stand in faith, have faith in God. And, and so, so, so his disciples would at times get nervous, and I think they were getting nervous about the fact that Jesus was going to leave them. And so, and so, and, and also Jesus was revealing to them how to walk in peace and joy. And so here in Matthew 6, 25, it says, Therefore... I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your bodies, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? So, so he's saying here, he's saying here, don't get so caught up in, in, in uh, just trying to get in this life what you need today. Don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in your life in Christ and get caught up in the fact that Christ gave you a body that's more valuable than clothes itself. And so he's, he's saying here, take no thought for your life. And he's not saying don't think about food or clothing. He's saying, really, it's, it's take no anxious thought for your life. In other words, we don't need to be waking up in anxiety. We don't need to be going to bed in anxiety. We don't need to be fearing and worrying. Why? Because God is our Heavenly Father. Amen. And we can trust God no matter what. Praise God. I like what the Young's literal translation says, because I say to you, be not anxious for your life, what you may eat, what you may drink, nor of your body, what you may put on is not that life more than nourishment and the body more than clothing, a clothing. So Jesus is saying, take no anxious thought about your life. I'm going to say this to you this morning is that we are in a spiritual warfare. And the devil knows if we think on the wrong things of life, he can get us out of the peace of God. And if we think on the right things, we can stay in the peace of God. So, so my subtitle, uh, my title is Don't Worry, Be Happy. But my subtitle is Take No Anxious Thought. In other words, don't worry, be happy. Our thought life plays a role in if we're going to walk in peace or walk in worry in this world. It matters what you think on. It matters. It, it, because what you think on will determine the course of your life. And, you know, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I, I like to think on the good things and not the bad things. We need to focus on that. I want to say this, that, that you can't keep worry thoughts from coming. Sometimes worry thoughts will come into our head. You know, there is a devil out here, and he can give us thoughts. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? He's a supernatural devil. We can't, sometimes we can't help thoughts from stay, uh, coming in our minds, but we can keep them from staying in our minds. You know, there's a saying that you, can, you know, birds are like thoughts. You can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Some of you say, might say, well, I don't have any hair. 
<laughs> they can make a nest on top of your head. Let's put it that way. Amen. And so, and so, and so, and so thoughts, glory to God, can come to us, but we don't have to take every thought. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Every thought that comes into our mind, we don't have to dwell on it and we don't have to speak it out. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to speak the thoughts that come out of our mind. Now, now the Apostle Paul uh, ha- has a lot to say about the mind. And, 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 and in Romans 8, 6, the Apostle Paul says this, because if we're thinking negative or if we're thinking negative thoughts towards people, judgmental thoughts, uh, thoughts of, of, of that we're not going to make it, or we're just, just thoughts like that, uh, the Apostle Paul calls this being carnally minded. In, in, in Romans 8, 6, he said, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the word carnal, it, 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 it's carne, it, it means meat, so we don't want to be meatheads. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We don't want to be carnally minded. We don't want our minds to be focused on fear and pride. Uh, we, we want our minds to be focused on faith and love. So our thoughts can produce fear or faith. Uh, fear thoughts produce death in our life. Faith thoughts produce life and peace in our life. We have the power to choose what we think on and what we do in this life. Let's look at the admonition that Paul gives us in Romans 8, 12, and 15. He says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. So you're not a debtor to the flesh. That means that the flesh cannot control you. Look Look at your neighbor and say, your flesh cannot control you. It says, the brethren, do not be, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong warning. If we live according to the carnal dictates of our minds, the things that are not right, if we, if we start allowing the wrong things in and we start doing the wrong things, it will produce death. In our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And he says, for if you're living according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. See, see, as Christians, we're not led by our flesh. We're not led by random thoughts. We're not led by ideas that may not that God may not be in. We're led by the Spirit of God. For, it, for, for those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Notice that. We haven't received the, bo- the bondage of fear. That means if we haven't received the bondage of fear, that means we shouldn't have any sorrow in our lives. We shouldn't have any worry in our lives. Why? Because we're sons of of the most high God. Amen. And it says here that, that, that we receive the spirit, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Glory to God. So God, I, I say this sometimes in my preachings, God is God to the world, 
but he's Abba Father to the Christian. See, he's, he's God. See, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, he was standing in a place of a sinner on the cross. And that's how a sinner is, you know, when he doesn't have God in, uh, in his life. He, he's there and, 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 and he doesn't say God is Father. He says, God, oh my God. But God to the Christian, that's why when I pray, I like to pray to my Heavenly Father, not just to God. I'm not preaching to anybody today. I like to call him my Heavenly Father. Somebody say, God is my Heavenly Father. Abba, Father. I'm going to say this to you this morning. Every wrong decision that we ever made outside of God's will was born out of fear and greed. Every right choice that we have made was always born out of faith and love. Fear and greed promotes death. Faith and love promotes life and peace. Paul is saying we don't have to be controlled by our carnal minds and our bodies. We have the power by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to make godly choices in our thinking and in our actions. Can I get an amen in the house today? You got the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you into all truth. I like what one of my instructors when I was at the Bible school, uh, he said, have more faith in God's ability to lead you than your ability to follow. I love that. Have more faith in God's ability to lead you than your ability to follow. God is leading us and guiding us into what? All truth. And if he's leading us and guiding us into all truth, what should that promote in our life? Peace and joy. Because the more truth you have of the word, the more knowledge you have of God, the more faith you're going to walk in, and the more peace and joy you are going to have. Isn't that right? And so let's look at a familiar story in the Old Testament. And I call this the power of choice because if Old Testament uh, people could make right decisions how, how, and think on the right things, how about us? And we know the Old Testament Christians were not born again and we're born again Christians. So we should be walking in a higher level than the Old Testament uh, people in the Old Testament. In Genesis 4, 1 and 8, It says, now Adam and Eve, his wife, she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again the time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why are your countenance fallen? Now, let let me just talk to you a little bit today. Uh, uh, Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. and, And in the process of time, they started giving offerings to God. In other words, God... Uh, was taught by, uh, uh, by their parents that, that if you want to walk in the grace of God, you need a sacrifice and give offerings to him. 
And the Bible says that Abel gave an acceptable offering to God. And, 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 and Cain did not. And the Bible says that, that, that God blessed Abel's offering. He, he took notice of that, and, but, but Cain's offering wasn't blessed. And it says here that Cain got angry. He got upset. And this is amazing to me. Even though the Holy Spirit leads us today, amen, God was leading uh, this unrenewed, unborn again person, and God was speaking to him. That's amazing to me. And God was speaking to him and he was telling him uh, and he says, he says this, if you, he says, why are your countenance falling? He says, why are you angry and why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over that. Underline that. You should rule over it. Now, Cain talked with his Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So we see here that, that really uh, Cain, you know, to unpack this, I'm not going to focus on the offering today. But I'm going to focus on the fact that, that Cain's thinking was wrong towards God and his thinking was wrong towards his brother. He didn't understand that God is a good God as long as we start walking under God's mighty hand. We humble ourselves and start following what God wants us to do. God's blessings will be in our life. All we have to do is get on God's side. See, see, some of us wants to pick and choose what we want to read in the Bible and we want God to get on our side. Amen. Amen. But we got to get on God's side. In other words, we got to get lined up with what God wants us to do. We got to get lined up with his ways. Amen. The way he does things. And, and so here, uh, uh, Cain disregarded what God said. He allowed anger and hurt and pain to, to, to think about, oh, Abel's being blessed by God. God favors Abel over Cain. But, I, but I'm going to say this. The story could have been written differently. The story of Cain uh, and Abel could have been written. It could have been written like this. So uh, Cain uh, uh, heard the voice of the Lord when he was angry with his brother Abel. And Cain obeyed the voice of the Lord, walked in love towards Abel and gave acceptable offerings to God. And Cain was blessed of the Lord like Abel. That's how it could have been written. Amen. In other words, you can write your own life. You can write the, your own blessings into your life. By what? By getting under the mighty hand of God. By getting in obedience to God's ways and his will and his word. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, 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 so Cain's life could have been different. So if Cain had the power to choose to do what's right, how about us? If Cain had the power to choose what to think on, what about us? We have the power. We have the power to choose what we think on and what we meditate on and what we do. So, so wrong thoughts coming to us, trying to get us to do wrong things will cause spiritual death in our life. I like what it says here. If, you, if you're battling the wrong thoughts and battling wrong ideas, then you've got to get into spiritual warfare. And in 2 Corinthians, it says here in 10, Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and to bring every thought, notice it says thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we see here that, that even though that we war in the flesh, our, we don't, you know, it says here, even though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, but our warfare is spiritual power that the Holy Spirit gives us. Amen? Uh, we can shut down the strongholds uh, uh, that's in our lives, and strongholds are really patterns of thinking. And, and if you got to get rid of these these patterns of thinking that you might have patterns of thinking that you're never you're, that you're not going to ever get out of debt or or that you that you're not going to make it or or that you're never going to have good relationships or you may have patterns of thinking or or you're not going to ever see the blessings of God. You need to get rid of that type of thinking. You need to start thinking that God can and He will bless you. Glory to God. That that no matter what you're dealing with in this, in this life. God, I like to say, is the turnaround God. He can turn around any negative thing in our lives. And so what do we need to do? We need to use uh, spiritual weapons to pull down those wrong patterns of thinking that will try to keep us in a place of depression and sadness. Amen? We have spiritual powerful weapons that can demolish strongholds Fear and sin in our lives. We cast down the arguments that comes against the word of God. And we bring the captivity every thought to the word of God. So what are the spiritual weapons we have? The, number one, we have the word of God. If you don't have the word of God, then how do you know what's right in life? If you don't study your Bible, how do you know what's right and wrong? Because there's a lot of wrong out here. People are going by what they think is good, but may be bad. And only the word of God. See, see, some people think that there's that, that truth is not absolute. In other words, it depends on how you see it. But really, the Bible is absolute truth. It's the truth, the all, all truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. So, so God's word is truth. So we line our lives up with the word of God. We line our lives up with what the word says. If the word says it's bad, then it's bad. If the word says it's good, then it's good. That's what we believe. And some people say, well, you Christians are narrow-minded Christians. You're not open to other ideas and other opinions. No, well, yes, Jesus said narrow is the way that leads to life. Did he not say that? So it is a narrow way. What's the narrow way? It, it, it's Jesus. He's the narrow way. He's the door. And didn't Jesus say it's the broad way that leads to death? It's everything else that everybody's doing, saying, man, if it feels good, just do it. But if it feels good and you do it, you can die from it. Amen. Chris Farley was an actor, and uh, he was a heavy set actor and uh, 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 comedian. And I read his story. He, he died of a drug overdose. And, you know, and, and, and he, you know, in a hotel, taking drugs, and he died in a drug overdose uh, uh, with, with a prostitute that he was uh, with. And, uh, and he just wanted her. And he, he was, and, and it's a tragic story, but he was doing what felt good, but it ended in death. 
And you know, you can't do always what, what your flesh says, what feels good. No, sometimes you got to deny your flesh. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so the Word of God has the power to transform our lives. I want a transformed life. God's looking for renewed bodies and transformed minds. I like what it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service of worship. So I'm going to say this. When you get Jesus in your life, you get saved. You get a new spirit. You get a heart that desires more of God. But you know what? There's two things that don't get saved. Your mind and your bodies. See, 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 that's going to be a process. Your mind is a process of being saved. And then we don't have our full salvation yet. Because when we get our full salvation, we're going to have glorified bodies. That, that no sin can touch, glory to God. And we're all going to be forever young. And we're all going to have that perfect weight. We're not going to be battling the battle of the bulge. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No, we're all going to be perfect. Exactly the way you want to look, that's what you're going to be. And I'm going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amen. They're going to say, man, you look like Arnold. Well, God gives you your heart's desire. Amen. Glory. I know I'm kidding. I don't want to look like Arnold. Amen. But I do want to be cut. Amen. And be G'd. Amen. In the suit. Glory to God. In the, in, the, in the tight suit. Glory to God. Amen. And so, and I'm almost there. Glory to God. But, but he says here, I beseech you there, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies and live in sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. So you have to present your bodies because they're not you know, uh, born, uh, they're not, you know, renewed. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So how are we going to prove out God's perfect will? What is God's perfect will for your life? His perfect will is to walk in the, the total fullness of His kingdom. His, his will is for us to walk in that abundant life, the Zoe life of God. Nothing broken, nothing missing. We don't have any shortfalls in our life. Can we get there? I believe we can get there. Number two, one of our spiritual weapons is power of prayer. And I, I like that. I like in Ephesians 6, Paul talks about the armor of God. And the devil's going to be shooting arrows at each one of us at different times in our lives. Sometimes there are thoughts that come to us that say we're not going to make it. Or, or look, out, look at our life. It's not going anywhere. And, and these are thoughts coming. But you have spiritual weapons that you have a shield of faith that can block those fiery missiles. You have armor of God, a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation. You... Gird your loins with truth. You have feet shod with peace. Glory to God. 
But, but the two pieces is, uh, these are protective armor, but you have what I say, the sword of the Spirit. And that's the Word of God. And that's how you combat every evil thought that comes our way. You combat that with the Word of God. The devil may say you're a loser, but my Bible says I'm more than a conqueror. So I'm not going to confess, man, I'm a loser. I'm not going to confess that. Man, I'm so disorganized. I'm not going to confess that. But you are, Pastor. Well, it it may look that that way, but I'm getting better, glory to God. I'm not going to confess the negatives in my life. I'm going to confess the positives in your life. You know, God sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you flawless. Ooh, glory to God. Can I get a witness in the house today? He sees you through the blood of Jesus, washed in the blood. You are blood-bought saints, glory to God. Oh my gosh, no spots or wrinkles are on you because the blood washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So it says in Ephesians 6, 18, the, 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 the weapons are, is the sword of the Spirit. And uh, also there's another weapon that Paul didn't talk about specifically, but it's the javelin that the Roman had. And the javelin is prayer, glory to God. And prayer, it says here, praying always, Ephesians 6, 18, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with perseverance, uh, with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, you see, the word of God and prayer will get us over the finish line. If we learn to stand on the word of God and we learn to pray, then we're going to walk in the blessings of the kingdom of God. What are the blessings of the kingdom of God? When we get an understanding that we have right standing with the blood of Jesus, it will produce that peace and that joy in our lives. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is explained in Romans 14, 17. It's not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you receive the gift of righteousness. With that knowledge, being right in God, understanding the blood washes you from all unrighteousness, you should get a revelation. When you get a revelation that you have right standing with God, that should bring that peace and that joy in your lives. you believe that today? You have the ability as blood-bought Christians to rule and reign in this life over sorrow, sickness, and sin. Can I say that again? You have the power, being a blood-bought saint of God, to rule over sorrow, sickness, and sin. Somebody say, I'm a ruler. I reign in this life. Glory to God. Through one, Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to accept our right standing in God. And when we accept our right standing in God, we're going to have the kingdom benefits of peace and joy. Can I get a revelation? In Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that? When you get a revelation that you've been justified because Jesus paid the price to wash away our sins, you you will have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Praise God. So God's not holding anything against you. And in a sense, God's not holding anything against the world right now. 
In other words, God, we're in an era of grace. And God right now is giving the sinner, giving those people that's in the world, giving you time to turn to him. He's saying your sins are already paid for. All you have to do is receive my son, Jesus. And you can walk in the blessings of God in your lives. I like what it says in Romans 5.17. It says, For the sin of this one man, talking about Adam, caused death to rule over many. So Adam and Eve sinned, and when Adam and Eve sinned, death entered into the world system. And so by default, as we are born in this earth, and we are awakened to sin in our lives, we, by default, have that sin nature. Amen. But Jesus came to undo that sin nature and give us a new nature. See, you don't have two natures. You don't have a sin nature as a Christian and you don't have a, 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 a righteous nature. No, you, you have a righteous nature. There is the old ways, the old patterns of thinking, your old feelings, the things that you used to do will try to draw you back in those things, but that's not who you are. You're not what you used to do. You are who God says that you are. Amen? And so, and so it says here, by one man's uh, sin, death ruled over man, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive will live in triumphant over sin and death to the one man, Jesus Christ. In other words, we shall reign like kings, another translation says, in this earth. God wants you ruling and reigning. The world is battling with wrong, evil thoughts. The world and people without Christ are allowing wrong thoughts to dictate who they are. The, the world, you, you hear this saying, they're woke. And you hear this, the woke uh, society, people that are woke and people that are, uh, 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 you know, the transgender community. We, we all know that. Don't bury our heads. It's out there. And then you got men, you know, thinking, you know, the devil puts a thought, you're a woman. And they start taking that thought as a lie and say, oh, I must be a woman. Think about this. Think how ludicrous that sounds. And then, a, and then a woman could be walking in and, and the devil whispers in her ear, you're a man, you're really a man, you should have been born a man, you're a man in a woman's body. And so what do these people do? They start receiving these lies. And they start thinking their thoughts are their reality. And they're thinking these thoughts that the devil are giving them is their true reality. And now they're trying to get groups to legislate this through our school systems and through all this saying, you know, don't use the word he or, or she, but use they and them and all these pronouns. Come on. Has the world gone crazy? The world has gone crazy. Then you got, you got men and women's sports. And they, I, I feel like I'm a woman today, so I'm going to go in a sports. And you got the man, you know, doing uh, more weightlifting, and they win the, 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 the world title, but they're a man in a woman's world. Think how ludicrous that is. Think how wrong that is. You got kids that want to get sex changes, that, that, that doctors are, you know, they, they're going to places to give them hormones, to, to, to make them like, 
the opposite gender they were. You know, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, a, it, it's against science and it's against God. Biological. If you're born a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. And biologically, they're coming against science and they're coming against God. They're saying their feelings and their thoughts are greater than the reality that we have here. That's the world that we live in. And the world doesn't know who they are. They don't know that they're precious people born of God. Glory to God. That God has created them and they're made in the image of God. Precious. And and the devil's trying to destroy their identity. And it's up to us to reveal to them. When they get saved, they can come out of these lifestyles that are trying to destroy their lives. And and we as Christians need to get a revelation of who we are in Christ. We don't want to forget. We don't want to be like that man that looks in the mirror and doesn't do the Word of God. And we forget who we are in Christ. No, we want to keep doing the Word of God. It says here, it says here in, in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, it says here, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. So, so our thoughts have power. As in what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what yet your body for what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they not sow, neither to reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic to a statue? That means one hour to your life. And why take thought of raiment? Notice it's talking about thoughts here. Why take thought of clothing? Conceal the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in his great glory was not arrayed like one of these. Talking about, you know, when you start getting stressed out, Focus on the birds. Focus on the flowers. Amen. Take no thought of your own needs. Take, and then he says here, take no thought saying what we shall eat, what we shall drink. In other words, what the enemy is trying to do is to get us to think lack thoughts and then get us to speak it. You're, you know, you're not surviving. You're thriving. You, you may say, well, uh, pastor, it doesn't look that way. Yeah, but you call those things that be not as they, they were. You, 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 your, your body and your life will go in the directions of your thoughts and your words. Can I get a witness in, in the house today? God in his righteousness, he, he, he has added his righteousness to us. And, and we need to keep walking in the truth of God's word. If you don't stand on the truth of God's word, you'll fall for any lie out there. So Jesus is saying we need to get our focus off the negative thoughts, focus on God, feeding the birds, clothing and caring for the animals and the flowers, and he will take care of us. Sometimes the enemy brings anxiety and reminds us of our past mistakes, trying to get us to dwell on our regrets. Have you ever been there? This is sometimes what gets us in a place where we're down and depressed because we think about our past. And when the devil brings to you your past, always remind him of his future. And it's bright in a lake of fire. And the devil will try to make you think about your past, your past mistakes, the wrong things you did, and and, and make you think and make you stay in the past. But if you keep thinking on the past, you will never move forward into the place that God wants you to move into, which is victory on every side. Amen. Amen. 
Don't let this devil get you focused on the wrong things in life because it will bring anxiety, amen? It will bring uh, misery into our lives, amen? Uh, I like what it says in Philippians 4 and 9. It says, rejoice the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You're not going to be rejoicing if you're thinking on the wrong things. You're not going to be rejoicing in God if you're focused on your problems. You're going to be rejoicing when you're focused on the promises of God. And he says here, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. What What does he mean by that? The Lord is near you. He's with you. He, he's, he's, those that draw near to God, he draws near to you. You're, he won't leave you or forsake you. And it says here, the Lord is saying, be careful for nothing. He said, Paul says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unknown unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I like what, uh, what the message translation says. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into pr- prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that powerful? I love that translation. So it's, it's saying here uh, that, that, that if you're going to worry, then just don't pray. But if you're going to pray, then you don't need to worry. Can I get a witness in the house today? So when you pray, it's two things are happening. You're, you're, you're giving your problems to God. You're laying them at the feet of the master. And then you're picking up the provisions of God. So you lay down your problems and you pick up the provisions. And then you say, thank you, God, I have it. Thank you, God, I have it. And then, then he says uh, here, he says, finally, brethren, what so things are true, what so things are honest, what so things are just, what so things are pure, what so things are lovely, what so things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Do this and the God of peace shall be with you. Listen, if you would start getting some worship music and you start playing that worship music, worshiping God while you're doing different things, tasks, even tasks that you don't like to do, maybe cleaning up the house or whatever. Start putting some praise music on. Start putting some worship on. And pretty soon you're like, glory to God. Man, oh man, you're cleaning up. Hallelujah, praise God. Your whole attitude changes about the job that you're doing. And you start praising and worshiping God and pretty soon chains will fall off your arms. Pretty soon prison doors will be open. Pretty soon you'll be set free and you will be setting other people free. What we need to get free from is free from ourselves. That's what we need to get free from. We got too much of ourselves on our mind. 
That's the reason when you get God in your life, you're more focused on God. You're more focused on the kingdom. You're more focused on what He's doing in your life and where you're going in Him. Where we're going. We're going to glory. I'm headed to heaven. I'm heaven bound. Thank God I'm not going to be stuck down here when all the wrath of God is being poured down on this planet because the tribulation is coming, but Jesus is coming too. And I thank God, yes, the world is backwards. The world's messed up. We're going to do everything we can to get the world turned right side up. But until then, you know, we, we're going to keep standing in the truth. And then Jesus is going to come back and we're going to be raised up out of here. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that. How many people are ready to go now? Amen. Glory to God. Glory. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for my glorified body. I'm ready for, the, for, for that, my mansion that God's building in heaven. Jesus said, many mansions. And I go to prepare one for you. And I will come back. And, and, some, and some scholars say when he said, I'm coming back for you, that's the rapture scripture. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. God's coming back to bring us into total liberty, total peace, total joy, where we're not fighting devils any longer. Do I get an amen on this? Amen. amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, oh, that you paid the price. You're not holding sin against anybody, Father God, because the price has been paid. Sin has been dealt with on the cross with Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're here in the audience, perhaps you're watching online, and you have not made a confession of faith uh, to receive Jesus as your Lord. Well, today is the day of salvation. God may be drawing you by His Spirit. And I want to invite you to say a simple prayer to invite Jesus into your heart so you can receive all the blessings that God has for you. So if you can and you're ready to do this, just pray this simple prayer with me and mean your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 